the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you will always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 12 of the Legends of the 75th Podcast. Man, we have an amazing episode. So if you don't know Chaplain Jeff Struker, um, I won't be surprised first because uh, he's got a storied history in the 75th Range Regiment that is definitely interesting uh, than any other guest we've had because, you know, he uh, grunted it out with us enlisted swine. Yeah. And then, he, uh, and then he changed over and he became an officer. But uh, I, I, full transparency with everybody, you know, I've known uh, Chaplain Struker for quite a while and uh, even served with him up at 275 and, you know, had heard the, the stories and everything else, but I did not realize, like, just how amazing his background is until I was doing the research. So first, you know, Operation Just Cause, uh, Battle of Mogadishu, Operation Desert Storm, which I'm curious to hear about that yeah. one and talk about that one. He also got uh, the Silver Star uh, for the Battle of Mogadishu, and we'll probably talk about that in the episode. He originally enlisted in 1987. Then after 10 years, just like I talked about, he went from enlisted you know, as an infantry soldier um, over to uh, OCS and also won the Best Ranger competition in 1996. Um, we'll talk about his transition and the decisions and everything for seminary school as we kind of go, which uh, he did that in 2000. Also served in OIF and OEF 275 RSTB before retiring in 2011. But that's not where it stops. He's also co-authored five books, Road to Unafraid, Certain Jeopardy, Blaze of Glory, Bulletproof Faith, Fallen Angel, and Hide and Seek. And what's even actually crazier about those books is some of them are real life accounts and his stories, you know, coming up in the military, but then also a lot of them mm -hmm. are, you know, fictional yeah. ones and they're pretty cool. Yeah. So I had to, I increased my book reading list. Let's just say that I have not read them all. So I got to get after that. Uh, muy pronte. Uh, he retired as a major. Um, and as I talked about when he transitioned, he was a SAR first class. So everybody, I'm super excited. Man, it is great to be with you. Been looking forward to doing this episode with you. Well, as we do with most guests, um, when we kind of sit down and we talk, you know, let's just start at the beginning. Sure. If we can. Yeah. Jeff. God, that's going to be hard. All right. <laughs> um, I'll tell you how I ended up in the Ranger Regiment, um, because it was one piece of advice from my buddy's dad. So I was in high school and I enlisted in the army in the delayed entry program. My buddy in high school, senior year of high school, had already enlisted and he signed up to be like a satellite communications dupe. I didn't even know he was going to enlist. He tells me after the fact, hey, I just enlisted. I joined the army. Why don't you go check out the army? 
my buddy Tony was getting extra money. You know, back in the day, the recruiters gave him oh, extra money yeah, if he could yeah. get his yep. idiot friends yep. from high school to sign up. Yeah. And he didn't, Tony didn't talk to his dad before he enlisted in the army. So Tony and I uh, were talking about it. His dad kind of overheard the conversation and Tony's dad grabbed me and pulled me off to the side. And I've never talked to Tony's dad before in my life, before this moment. And his dad said, hey, are you seriously thinking about joining the army? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't even consider it until today when your son started talking to me about it. And his dad said, listen, man, I was a SEAL in Vietnam. And I noticed that there are two kinds of people in the military. I remember his advice like it was yesterday. And this was a long time ago, y'all. <laughs> and he basically said, there are people that join the military for a paycheck. Oh. And then there are people that are joining the military because they want to do something or make a difference. Go work for the second group of people. Don't go work with the first group of people. I didn't have the first clue about the military. Nobody in my family served. Nobody was steering me towards the army. And I went to a recruiter's office the next day and I just simply asked, what's the toughest job in the army? Because I thought that would be the thing that distinguishes the two. And this army recruiter, man, he was totally legit, just dealt really honestly with me. And he was Whoa, like, that's unusual. I know, right? <laughs> and he's like, hey, here's the deal, man. If you really want the toughest job in the army, hands down, it's the Ranger Regiment. But he was also really upfront and he's like, I just need you to know the attrition rate is through the roof. You try this, you're probably not going to make it. And if you don't make it, you're going to end up being a cook somewhere or you're going to do whatever the army sends you next. And he's like, I just want to warn you before you go down this road, are you sure you want to try this? And I said, yeah, man, sign me up. I want to, I want to give it a shot. And that's how I ended up. I didn't even have a Ranger contract. I was one of those unassigned infantry airborne guys show okay, up to so airborne, school. airborne school. Okay. Yeah, show up to airborne school and the RIP instructors will be there to ask you to volunteer. That's how you got to do this because we can get you in on a guaranteed contract. Yeah. It's amazing how many people we've already talked to that said they did not have a Ranger contract. Yeah. In fact, there's only like one that I think that has. And, you know, they're like beating down the door of that cadre that's down there yeah. to recruit people yeah. from airborne school. <laughs> I remember in airborne school, the RIP instructors came by. They asked the whole airborne class, everybody sign your name if you really want to give it a shot in the Ranger Regiment. And I was like number 200 of that 250 oh, man wow. airborne class to sign my name. And then when it came time for graduation yep. and getting the yep. formation yep. and run down the road yep. to Peden Field, there was like five of us <laughs> out of the 200 that signed up, like five of us that actually threw our duffel bags on the truck and ran down the road. The rest of them were like, nah, forget it. Yeah, so like the only real friend I made in basic training, well, there was actually like two of us and you know, he was like die hard. I'm gonna be an airborne ranger. He was a guy like yeah. sitting up in the middle of the night shining his boots. Yeah. And when that bus, bus showed up to like, you know, throw some of our gear on there and the rest that we had to yeah. run. I was like, hey, where's he at? Like, where did, where did he, he go? go? Where did all the other 195 <laughs> guys that signed their name on the list, where did they go? That's awesome. Yeah. So your first assignment was in 375. Yeah, actually, um, this got a little bit weird. Um, so I want to go back and say to my buddy, Tony's dad, I have never had another conversation with him since. It's the only conversation in my life. But I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say a thousand times in my career, I saw firsthand what he was saying. There are people that join the military because they want a paycheck and they want the college money. And I totally, totally get it. And then there's the guys and gals that join the military because they want to make a difference. And that's what I found in the Ranger Regiment. Man, I fell in love with it. 
So I'm in RIP. Check this out. Um, I'm a brand new private with absolutely zero rank and zero experience. And the guys from Recon come by to recruit from RIP. I didn't know this until after the fact, but apparently there's a skill level one position on each regimental reconnaissance team back in the day. Didn't know that. One skill level one position and all of the rest of them are NCOs and usually senior NCOs. So So they showed up. There's three uh, recon teams at the time. None of them have enlisted guys. We need and skill level one guy. So we're just going to try to find one out of rip. And they started recruiting and they basically called anybody who was interested from RIP, show up, go upstairs to the second floor, we'll interview you, and we'll kind of weed out the people that we know won't be able to make a kind of a mini selection program to to the reconnaissance detachment. And they gave three or four of us a shot. The other three didn't make it. Um, but I went straight from RIP into the reconnaissance detachment. Now, really? check this out. I was a private surrounded by staff sergeants and sergeants first class. And for the first six months there, it was smoke Jeff Struker time three, four, five times a day. Let's see what it will take to get this kid to quit. Um, but I ended up spending my first few years in RIP before going over to 3rd Battalion and taking over a squad. So what was, uh, you know, those six months after you kind of made it through the, the Hayes Fest, you know, after that, what was it? Yeah, the I, I got to say this, man. The dudes that were in the reconnaissance detachment at the time were so strong, so competent, so fast, so, um, you know, they, they basically were uh, guys that I was I highly admired. Right. Um, and those first six months no exaggeration it was basically a six-month probation period where we're going to see what it takes to get you to quit and if you're still around after six months we're going to keep you and i ended up staying in rip from private to staff sergeant and then left right after getting promoted to staff sergeant to go take a squad in bco 375 um but those ncos man i will i will go to my grave thanking god for putting me around those ncos because they forged me into the ranger that i became and they could have thrown up their hands on him oh, because yeah, I didn't absolutely. know anything about yeah. any. When I showed up, I was just nothing but a liability. Yeah. But they stuck with me. That's amazing. I'd never heard that before. Yeah. Me and one or two other guys, they, they pulled one or two other guys out of uh, a couple of other RIP classes. And me and one or two other guys showed up there as privates. And it was the opportunity, literally the opportunity of a lifetime. So I definitely want to ask about the job. But before I do, so the intimidation factor because i mean every single one of us you know every especially back in those days when we showed up to ranger regiment we'd heard all the horror stories you know and most of the time they lived up to expectations or exceeded them in some ways um but you had to go through another level of selection and you know you know you don't know what you don't know yeah. you're a private i didn't know what i was you, getting into yeah you know nope. and so now hey you're going to one, you're going to elite organization, the 75th, but now you're going to the elite of the elite, elite yeah. of the 75th. How did you, I mean, I can only imagine how intimidating it was. It was no kidding, PT from 06 to 09, and then at lunchtime, go get your PT clothes on from 11 to 1 PT, and then at 1500, go get your PT uniform back on, and we're doing PT from 15 to 1700 for six months straight, and it was a different dude doing PT three uh, times course. a day. Of course, yeah. This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. 
Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.